Welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Giel, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. I want to inspire those who have forgotten their true worth, their highest potential, and their ultimate capability. I'll be exploring topics that are aimed towards personal growth to help you gain insight and approach life with new perspectives. I want you to increase your impact and help you live a more fulfilling life because limited thinking equals limited being. Let the show begin. Hi there and welcome back. This is going to be episode number two. And just before we get started, I'd love you to subscribe if you are not subscribed yet. Alternatively, you can go into the website at exploringpossibility.co.za and just go into the mailing list. Get your name on there so you can just be mailed when new episodes go out so you don't miss out on anything. So having all the formalities out of the way, I want to introduce you to my second guest for the show. So today's guest is quite an interesting guy. I met with him in Meisenberg. We met at Surface Corner one afternoon on a Sunday, actually after I did a 30K run. And we just chatted about life and about values and about you know human behavior and maximizing our performance. And I, I was really intrigued by Notion. He is a, he's a licensed practitioner for Dr. John Demartini. And for those that don't know Dr. Demartini, he's also a behavior specialist and he has gone all around the world um, researching things that can help people move forward. And with that said, Notion is a human behavior specialist researching things like qu- quantum physics, cell biology, neurology, brain chemistry, and all sorts of things, all in the pursuit of understanding which laws govern us. So I truly believe that he is one that is able to help us move and change our perspectives, our lives, and just help us move forward. And this interview got quite interesting, and I would have loved to sit longer and chatted to him, but I tried to wrap it up as best possible and get as much value as I could in the time that we had available. We spoke about things like why people are stuck in a nine to five and how they can get empowered and get out of that, or at least enjoy it while they're there. We spoke about the causes of suffering and especially through positivity. We spoke about balance, breaking habits and all of those things. So if if any of those topics excite you or you are curious to know more, then yeah, please carry on listening as we will jump straight into this interview. Enjoy guys. What's up Nish and welcome to Exploring Possibility. I've got this, um, this one sentence that I want to start, start us off with and it says, the man who embraces the dark is never without sight. What does that mean to you? <laughs> Well, uh, that, that's an interesting uh, phrase to start <laughs> with because, you, you know, we live in a world where people are always seeking the positive side of life. Uh, and it's got a lot to do with our animal brain. Uh, we're designed to seek positivity and avoid negativity. Or in the animal sense, we're designed to seek prey and avoid the predator. But as human beings, we've also got the higher mind or the executive center of our brain um, and the way to access that is to actually see both positive and negative at the same time. So by embracing your darkness, you're basically embracing the light and the darkness at the same time. That's 
probably what it means to me. <laughs> so in a, in a simple sense, would that then mean to see both sides of the equation or both sides of a situation where you need to spot the, the good and the bad almost? Absolutely. Because every event has both positive and negative to it. Uh, we just choose to see one side. And awesome. uh, I mean, if you study stuff like quantum physics, you'll see that light. And if you look at a lot of religious constructs as well, they all talk about balanced mind. And a balanced mind sees both positive and negative equally synchronously at the exact same moment in time. That's actually the point where you access your higher mind or your executive center, which allows you to have foresight. The animal brain, which is the limbic brain, has hindsight. So animals work from experiences from the past and they make decisions. Whereas we do, we have that ability, but we also have foresight as well. And to access that part of the brain, you need to see, you need to be in a state of gratitude and gratitude or love is, uh, is seeing synchronously both sides. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that you just mentioned that I'm going to jump into gratitude a little bit later because I'm quite Curious yes. about, you know, the state of gratitude, but just to start off with you at, at this moment, like I know you would answer the following, like, what do you do with something like I create ripples in the space time continuum, you know, and alter <laughs> and future realities. But unlike, unlike a simple plane, yeah. I, you, you are a human behavior specialist. Is that correct? I would like to. So, yes. You would like to yeah. think so. what do you guys what do you guys do <laughs> just for anyone <laughs> listening like what is a um, human behavior specialist well well basically you know we all just give ourselves titles to be honest <laughs> it sounds cooler than uh, saying i'm a life coach because today you know everyone says they're a life coach but what we do is a little bit more advanced so i research things like quantum physics uh cell biology neurology brain chemistry, it's all these weird and wonderful things. But the idea is to understand what are the laws that govern us? You know, on a quantum level, what are the laws? So, it's, you know, it's been discovered that we're all made up of light particles. Um, our entire existence is an existence of light. Um, that's proven already. You can do the research around that. It's undeniable. Um, so what people actually try to understand is if we're made up of light, then by default, we will respond to the same laws that govern light. And if we can understand how those work and manipulate them and use them to our advantage, we can create the most inspirational futures and the most inspirational lives that we can have. So that's, that's been uh, my interest. Um, I don't like all these wishy-washy things where people say, oh, you need to sit and contemplate over what it is you want and it'll come to you. And, you know, those things are just... To me, it's not solid enough. So it's tell me how, tell me how you manifest. So I went on this journey to try and, and figure out scientifically how we actually have the ability to manifest. And what I've found is mind blowing. So yeah, that's the alternate realities that you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you. But let's not confuse anyone too much. Yeah, let's not confuse anyone too much at this point. We can we can break it down as we go. But yeah, you enjoy things that are basically based in science. Sort of have a, it has a proven way of of showing itself. You know, there's there's proven yes. formulas and backed up like thousands yes. of research articles and scientists doing their work to back up what you say on how you get from point A to point B. 
Well, I, I, look to, I like to uh, look at the people that are actually challenging the norms. So if you look at the current scientific paradigm, it's based on uh, Newtonian physics. So it's, uh, um, I think it was in the 1600s, 1700s, science took kind of a split where they started looking at spirit and matter separately. Before that, we always looked at the two together and then came along the split for whatever reason. And you had guys like uh, uh, Newton and Rene Descartes at the time that created this whole split, or they kind of focused in that way. Believe it or not, Isaac Newton was a mystic. His uh, teachings, uh, while well, his writings on mysticism far exceeds his uh, laws of motion. And a lot of science is based on his laws. So what they said was that basically everything is a machine. And if we can understand, so it's a mechanistic and a reductionist, a reductionist approach. But what they said was if everything is a machine, we can break it down, reduce it into its components. And if we understand the components, we can understand how the whole being works. But when it comes to humans, that theory doesn't quite work because there's this whole thing of consciousness that comes in at this, that just throws that completely off balance. Because when we start looking at things like uh, a cell and how a cell functions, uh, what they've discovered today is that cells are more responsive to energy and to our thinking actually than actually to um, a material in the body. And if you look at medicine, for example, they're trying to pump you full of chemicals when only 10% of the receptors on your cells respond to chemicals. So typically, uh, you, know, you know, the way the medical industry is going is if you look at... Uh, if you have a gunshot or you lose an arm or something, then it's really good. But, uh, you, you know, when you, you need surgery for those things. But when it comes to things like uh, disease and viruses in the body, there's a whole new science being discovered right now that's challenging the norms. So a lot of people, you know, they argue against it. and But there's a lot of research that's showing otherwise. I, I'll give you a good example. Do you know anyone who's diabetic? A few people. I just say yes no. <laughs> Don't mention no. names. <laughs> yes. You know someone who's diabetic? Yes. Okay, you know them well? Yeah. Okay, they probably have a very self-righteous persona, right? They do. They like things done their way, pretty stubborn. Yeah? Yeah, there's a common trait. Common trait, right? So the reason why people are diabetic is it's a, it's a direct response of your body towards your thinking. What happens is uh, people who have a self-righteous persona are typically in the animal brain triggering a fight or flight response. So if they feel, if you say something and they feel they can win the argument, they're going to fight you. If they feel they can't win the argument, they're going to flight. They're going to run away. Either way, your body needs sugar to sustain that behavior. So what happens is it triggers receptors on your cells, which cause it to actually generate uh, or to keep the sugar levels high in the body to aid that response. And then high sugar levels, you know, causes all the diabetic symptoms. That's typically what causes diabetes that, that they're discovering today. It challenges the norm quite drastically, but we see these traits very commonly amongst, uh, you know, different uh, people with different ailments. Um, another one is cardiovascular disease. You'll find that people um, that usually have heart attacks or aneurysms or a block in the flow of blood uh, they typically can't see how what they're doing is helping them fulfill their mission. So um, you'll find like typical, typically people in a work environment where they're really struggling and they're under a lot of stress and just say they have a highest value or their highest priority is their family. 
they can't see how what they're doing in their jobs are helping helping them progress in their personal lives. And it actually causes a block in the blood flow. I actually tested this uh, theory out in a company I work for, I won't mention the name, <laughs> where I find there's a lot of people struggling with cardiovascular disease. So the one guy in my team had a stroke and I went up to him and I said, why can't you see what you're doing right now helping you fulfill your mission? And he was shocked that I said that. And he just put his head down and he, and he just said, yes, that is the case. It was quite interesting. Yeah, this this uh, is almost like what I'm trying to achieve with this podcast actually is just changing perspective. And that's exactly what you did at that point is you just switched his mind to see another viewpoint of what was happening. And one yeah. word that comes to mind while you were explaining all of that is epigenetics. Has that got anything to do with what you just said? Absolutely. Epigenetics means upon the genes or on the genes. What they've discovered is that, uh, you know, we've always thought that genetics is the way, uh, is what actually creates us. Or, you know, we have certain predispositions to certain diseases because of our genetics. What they've now discovered is that um, it's actually triggered epigenetically, meaning that your genetics get triggered by an outside influence. And they discovered that that's actually far more influential on your genes or on your um, physiology than actual genetics. So um, uh, there's a guy by the name of Bruce Lipton who talks about uh, the wisdom of your cells. And he talks about how a a DNA strand, you could have the coding for, um, say, cardiovascular disease because it runs in the family. So you could have it genetically coded in your genes. However, that gene is covered by a protein sleeve. So if you can imagine, you know, your sleeve, um, your arm with a, a, a long sleeve shirt on. So, and that's a protein sheet over that. Now, what happens is when you create a certain perception, it triggers a response on the cell, which goes down to that protein, sends a pulse on it, which causes it to unravel. So it unravels the actual genetic code, which codes out into the cell, uh, certain proteins that causes, um, you know, whatever it is. So it, it can create obviously the, the proper proteins that we need. And it can also trigger viruses in the body. So the cell actually has the ability to convert itself into a virus based on a stress response. Very interesting. <laughs> yes, that is, that is so fascinating. It's almost like a key to a specific lock. You know, the, yes. it opens the lock to whatever disease you, you're opening it to, you know, you're opening that, that water yes. towards it. And, yep. uh, you mentioned just now that you opened up someone's perspective in, in their work you know, environment. I know that I've struggled with this as well, where in my nine to five, I just can't seem to, I just can't seem to see the purpose or understand the purpose, or maybe I haven't even thought about it as being part of my purpose. How would you suggest people stuck now in their nine to fives change their, their, their way, the, the way they view their work. How can you empower someone in their nine to five that's probably now trying to build their own business on the side yep. or trying to get out in some way just to be happy at work? Because I think a lot of people are struggling yep. out there. Absolutely. Um, the key to becoming more inspired to work is to actually look at the job traits, the job tasks that you physically do and link them to what's most important to you or to your priorities in life. Basically, if you look at every single experience you go through, and if you actually find gratitude in it, 
So by asking the question, how does doing this job task, whatever that is, benefit me in my highest values? So let, let's do a quick example, right? So um, what would you think is your highest priorities in your life? What do you perceive to be your highest priority? What's the most important thing to you? What is the thing you spend most of your money on, most of your time, energy? Awesome. All right. So I'll name three of the top, the top three in my own life. Mm-hmm. First one would be family. I absolutely love and value my family and put them as a priority over almost anything else. So family as one. Yep. Second would definitely be wealth. So wealth to me means a little bit more than just money. So wealthy in in the broader term of health, I'll I'll include health into that as well, just like wealth mindset. And then third, I truly enjoy personal growth. I love growing. I love expanding as a human being. I love learning, I guess. So that would be, if I had to think it off the top of my mind, I would use those as my three top values. Okay, so, so let me ask you this. What is a job task that you have that you resent? So very, very specific job task. It's like, I need to go and deal with that guy over there who just annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> so my, my nine to five is very, um, it, it's done in solitude. So I work on my own. Okay. Um, so okay. for me, just sitting. <laughs> just okay, sitting in isolation. In isolation and just... I, don't, I struggle to just sit there by myself. Obviously, I enjoy okay. being around people, but just that amount yeah. of time that I spend there alone, not, not even engaging with people in my work is quite intense for me. Okay, so let me ask you this. How does it actually benefit you to be sitting in isolation in your job? I increase focus. I don't have any distractions. So focus on what your task is. Okay. And does it help you create more wealth? It could. <laughs> it could. It does because you get paid in your job, right? Yes. Okay. Does it help you to actually deliver better? It does. It does? Does it, does it, are you delivering better actually get you, get you any recognition? Always does. No doubt about Always it. Always does. Okay, so does it give you an opportunity to maybe earn more money in your job? Eventually, yes. It actually has. Yeah. It actually has, yeah. There you go. There you go. And, and how does the extra money benefit you with your family and your personal growth? I can look after my family way better than I could before. Yeah. I can spend yeah. money on things that actually help me move forward. So definitely, definitely um, roll into the other values that I have as well. Okay, great. So can you see how a simple thing by sitting in isolation allows you to focus, allows you to deliver better, allows you to get recognition at work, which allows you to increase your wealth, which is important, right? Which gives you more time, more money to invest in your, um, your health. Yeah, I know you do some crazy stuff like 30K runs. <laughs> <laughs> because you can afford to buy a good pair of shoes, right? Because you need that for a run. I need those shoes, yeah. Otherwise, I would, wouldn't be running for long. Exactly. So can you see how just sitting in isolation, that's just one task. Can you see the benefits, the knock-on benefits to that? Yeah. And they add up. They yeah. also compound, I guess. 
Absolutely. So now if you had to actually sit down and write down 20 to 50 benefits of that task, you'd actually be pretty grateful for that. It, it's what I had to do in my job as well, because I was extremely uninspired to go to work. But today I can get up and go to work at 7.30. Um, you know, I get to work at 7, 7.30, work, and then go home and do whatever I need to do, have four hours of sleep and still get up the next morning, highly inspired to go to work. From being very uninspired, that's exactly what I had to do, what I got to do, to do now. So basically list all the job traits that you're resenting and ask yourself, how does it benefit me in my priorities in my life? Um, there's a simple test you can do. It's the values determination principle. Um, I'm a student of Dr. John Martini, as you know. So on his website, there's a little uh, determine your values icon there. So it's very, very important. Uh, it's a key to human behavior, in my opinion. Yeah, thank you for that. I'll definitely go check that out ASAP because I think that's such valuable information. And I think what I can take from this is it also just takes a lot of questioning. It takes, it takes some time. It does take time to just sit down and go through this. I think including myself, people including myself just don't want to take the time and actually sit down and actually think about this, you know, and it's actually so yes. valuable because just doing this one exercise with one trait I'm already feeling a sense of gratitude, which is already like inspiring me to act differently. And yes, so much power and gratitude. That's why I definitely want to touch on that a little bit later. You just mentioned J John Martini, and I know that you are a practitioner for, for him. So in my mind, that just, it, it sounds amazing. At, on the other end, it sounds quite challenging. So I just want to know how you got into that, what you do with him. Is he your mentor? Is he your partner? Like, how do you, what is your, your relationship with him? And how did you get in? And what are you doing at this moment? So Dr. Martini has thousands of students all over the world. Uh, I am a facilitator of his. I'm certified under him. But even there, again, he's got about 5,000 facilitators. He's got one in every single country in the world. So... Um, he's not my buddy. <laughs> we don't know each other on first name basis. Well, <laughs> I'd be surprised if he knows my name and I'm pretty okay with that. Um, he's just really, um, so since I was 14, I've been looking for answers. So you know, you're talking 26 years now, almost 27 years where I've been looking for something. Uh, it's trying to understand, you know, what the hell makes us tick? How can I live a more inspired life? And then, you know, I went along on my journey and life happens and you just end up in the gutter and then pick yourself up and carry on. And then in 2012 was where my journey really, really took a big change was uh, when I split with my ex-wife. And uh, I just went on a whole journey of introspection and just trying to, you know, figure out what's going on, try to get put the pieces together. I mean, that was like a dream that I was crushed. Uh, but today I have a lot of gratitude and love for her and whatever it is we went through. And I'm really grateful for that experience because it, it's, it, you know, I actually remember back in 2008 when I first started coaching, my coach at the time asked me, what is it you're looking for? And I said to him, I just want this peace. I just want inner peace. That's all I'm looking for. And today I can honestly say that I, to some, to a great extent, I have that. I'm calm. I'm really peaceful. And yeah, there are people that annoy the hell out of me every now and then, but I think we all have that. Um, makes us human. But in general, I, I'm really, really content, really happy with my life, happy with where things are going. Uh, for the first time, I can see that I'm starting to achieve the things I've set out to achieve. 
um, it's quite exciting. Um, opportunities are coming along at a rapid pace now. I mean, this is just one opportunity uh, amongst a lot that has happened since you and I chatted, which yeah. is what a week ago. Yeah, it's about a week ago. Yeah, I about a week ago. So I've already. <laughs> sorry, I can still feel my legs. <laughs> <laughs> You're braver than me to run a 30k run. <laughs> it was actually I'll drive behind you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. And you on. Yeah, I need yeah. some inspiration. I need some. I need a push. <laughs> so and I'll be screaming behind you. What's the benefits? What's the benefits of your legs <laughs> killing, killing you right now? <laughs> yes, yeah, I love that. I love how we just take you know this one this one view on what I'm doing and just change the perspective. That's. That's all I'm about today. So I'm happy that we're going in the same direction. And I, I just feel you. I can feel, I can almost feel this inner peace that you have. And it's very inspiring to, to see and Thank to you. feel at the same point. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm happy that you got to this place that you are in now because I feel a lot of people are also struggling with that. They might have, they might have a, a job and some money, which a lot of people are moving towards, but they struggle to get this inner peace, which is quite, it's, it's quite a journey. I've I, I felt that myself and I'm still, Obviously, on yes. it, always be, I believe. So I know that you were just speaking about you, you're on your way to achieving more and you're very happy with, with where you're going. I know that one mm -hmm. of your goals from what I've heard before, I think I read it somewhere, is that you want to inspire the lives of a billion people. So I love Absolutely. that huge, massive goal. I love big goals. I just love them. At least a billion. At least a billion. Sorry. At least, a <laughs> At least a billion. I love these big goals because I feel they are the ones that pull us forward. You know, they are the ones that help us get there. But I just want to know how do you plan on getting there and what are your techniques what are the techniques that you will be using to help you get there? Well, it's it's not it's not impossible. Uh, if I look at uh, Dr. Di Martini, he's now communicated according to his stats, I don't know how true it is, but he says four and a half billion people that he's not communicated with. So I think a billion is a very reasonable target. I don't think it's unachievable. I mean, um, I've got books. <laughs> I'm planning to write a book one day called uh, Positive Thinking is Dead. Okay, because at the beginning you asked about light and darkness. Trying to see the world one-sided is not the way to go. It's seeing both sides. Um, and it's going to be very scientific based on quantum physics and a whole lot of other principles to show that a balanced mind is actually the way to go. It's quite a controversial topic, I think, to say that positivity is, I think you said before that it's a number one cause of suffering. That's going to be, <laughs> so I mean, while we're on that topic, why, why not just cover why you think that is the case? How are we the ones that are causing all our suffering from all this positivity? Well, yourself, it's a pity you're not in front of me right now because I could do a quick demonstration uh, to show you how your muscles actually fail when you try to be positive or if you have a negative perception, but they actually respond to a balanced perception. Um, Our muscles. So yeah, it's muscle testing. Muscle testing, yeah. If you Google it and if you see a couple of experiments on that, you'll see how your muscles fail. It, it's quite simple. If you just put your hand out and get someone to push it down with two fingers, and just say the wrong name, you'll see your muscles, your hand will just drop. But if you say your right name, it actually stays up. But yeah, it's, it's something that you, the next time you and I are in contact, when you're in front of me, I'll show you how that works. So even your muscles can't respond to a positive response. 
and they don't respond to a negative response either. What they respond to is balance. Now, can I tell you the holy grail to love? Yes, please. <laughs> I'm looking In for the holy opinion. grail. Aren't <laughs> <laughs> we all? So, yeah, so I'll tell you the holy grail to life from all the stuff I've studied. So the, from the quantum physics, the neuroscience, the cell biology, uh, Akashic fields, string theory. Um, what else is there? Yeah, there's a whole lot of other stuff, really interesting stuff. It boils down to one very simple thing. It's your values. Okay. What happens is when you do the test, the, the, uh, the, the values determination on the Demartini page, you'll come up with your top, your top three highest values. And the key to life is to living that. So you either love your values and if it's things and you find that there's things that we still need to do that's not our highest value, like work, for example, we have to link that to our values by asking ourselves a question, how specifically does our job tasks benefit our values, like what I did with you earlier. The science behind what that does is fascinating. Firstly, it moves the blood flow from the animal brain into the executive center or the prefrontal cortex. And that's the area that has foresight, admission and vision and inspiration. And when the blood's flowing in that area, you have a lot of energy and, uh, and belief okay, and self-confidence in what you're doing. When it's the animal brain, you have hindsight. And then to where you're seeking positivity and trying to avoid negativity or seeking prey and avoiding the predator. Okay. Now, when it's in hindsight, oh, sorry, in the forebrain, miraculously, you start seeing all the opportunities to help you fulfill your mission. Okay. But here's the thing. Every single opportunity, everything you ever want is right in front of you. Okay. It's an emotion that just blocks you from seeing it. Uh, so you know how people say all of a sudden, um, all these opportunities start falling on their lap. It's always been there. Okay. I mean, if the law of attraction, I say the law of attraction. So the law of attraction states that, uh, you know, a lot of people have the misconception that you get what you focus on and, they, and you get what you want. That's not true. You get what you are. Okay. So if what you are is lacking, you get more of lack. The universe always says yes. Okay. So if, say for example, um, you want to buy, uh, so you have a high value on family. So I'll relate it to that. You want to buy a 10 million rand house. Okay. The first thing I can see your face right now is I don't have 10 million rand. <laughs> Where the hell do I get it from? Right? Yeah. That's the obvious thought. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you can think about your 10 million rand house until you blew in the face. It's not going to happen because at the end of the day, what you're putting out in the world is that I don't have 10 million rand. But if you had to ask yourself the question, well, where is my 10 million rand? Okay. What service do I have to offer people? What, what skill do I have that I can convert into a service like what you're doing right now? How do I package it into chunks and then go and market it and sell it? And who do I sell it to? And then get the 10 million rand and there's my house. So the idea is, so um, John says there's a good phrase. I think Buddha said it. The, master, the, the masses live in the world of gain and loss, but the master lives in the world of transformation. So it's not, I don't have 10 million rand. The question is, where is my 10 million rand? And if you go look at your life right now and everything that you can offer people, you'll see where your 10 million rand is. You'll actually find way more than 10 million rand. Okay, and so when you fall, when you can see there's actually no void it's just in another form. 
then your mind will automatically go to how do I transform it from whatever the form is into cash so that I can convert that into a house. Make sense? That is, yeah, no, it makes a hundred percent sense. So uh, to me, what I took from that is you literally made a simple change in question. That's almost all you did. Absolutely. The, the quality yeah. of life is based on the quality of questions you ask yourself. Most of the time we're asking ourselves questions that we can't answer, which creates brain noise. It's like, why do I have to sit here in isolation in work when there's so many better, better things to do? Okay. You can't answer that question. It's difficult to answer that question. And what it does is it creates electrical impulses, which creates what they call brain noise and brain fog, which, you know, it just clouds your thinking. But if you ask yourself a question you can answer, which is, well, how does this benefit me? That you can answer because you can see tangible benefits. Then you actually clear out that brain noise and you bring your mind back into balance, out of the animal brain, back into the executive center, which allows you to have foresight. It's, it's as simple so as that. The, yeah, it sounds very simple. What is the most empowering question you've asked yourself recently? Sure. <laughs> That's a good question. I've been sitting here working on the Demartini method uh, myself at the moment um, on an issue. I don't want to get too much into it. <laughs> but it's just looking at a situation um, that I had to balance. So uh, it was infatuation actually over someone <laughs> so even that breaking the positive experience is important. Most of us try to break the negative experiences by looking at the benefits, but we don't actually look at the positive experience and bring our mind back into balance because even a positive experience keeps you in the, in the animal brain and not in your executive center. It, not, it doesn't allow you to have vision. So it was infatuation over uh, a hot chick that I had to break. <laughs> understand so yeah. would you then say we always need to view the 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 good and the bad the positive and the negative or yes. can we just head with the positive no it's seeing both positive and negative synchronously which allows you to actually move forward in your life synchronicity is the key so let's say i'm in a car accident yep and it just happened Mm -hmm. Obviously, in that moment, it's very tough to just grab your awareness and, and think that way. But maybe later on in the day, yeah. when you start telling people how bad things are going, mm -hmm. what would your suggestion be? Like, how do you look at that? How do you then say, the car crash was bad, but I'm still alive? That's sort of like a balance. So you how would of, you explain it? You remember the, the phrase, um, private before the fall? So typically what happens is we attract tragedy in our life after our ego is too high and it's always equal, equal balanced, very, very hard to fathom or to accept, but we see it so often. It's unbelievable. I mean, we can take the most tragic circumstances and you'll see there's always a pride before the fall. You know, it challenges a lot of people's thinking. Even if you, if you down and out or if you happy, you'll see that there's, some tragedy that attracts the comedy and to keep you in balance. So it, it's a quantum physics principle. You can't break it. Uh, so it goes back to, um, remember I said that we're all made up of light. Yeah, we're, we're all in existence of light. Scientifically, we can show today how light manifests into matter. Okay, by the act of trying to measure it or in a conscious mind judge, we create matter. Okay, this is shown. It's 
there's some, like I said, there's some amazing exper- um, experiments that have been done that are showing these things. It's really challenging the way we look at the world right now. But basically, a light photon is perfectly balanced. It's both positive and negative. Okay. When uh, back in, I think it was the 1900s somewhere, early 1900s, in Einstein's time, they actually tried to split a light photon into its components. And uh, they pass it through a cloud chamber, which slows down you know, the light photon. And they trap it and they use these very strong magnets that pulls it apart into its constituents. So they managed to split it into a, a positive and a negative or a particle and an antiparticle. You know, we hear about these things with these uh, uh, particle accelerators where they talk of matter, antimatter, positive, negative. It's the same thing. Okay, in a conscious mind, we refer to it as a memory and an anti-memory. Okay, now here's the interesting thing. When they split these particles, they started experimenting on one and instantaneously the other particle starts responding equally opposite. So what that means is if you've got a positive and negative, you're trying to increase the positive, the negativity also increases because that particle still acts as one and it keeps itself balanced, even at a great distance. Okay, so so far they've done this thing and they've discovered that there's messaging between these particles and our current measurement is 20,000 times faster than the speed of light. So today the speed of light is not the fastest thing on the planet. There's, there's this phenomenal uh, phenomenon called entanglement where they believe messaging is happening between these particles instantaneously. Now, applied to a conscious mind, if we're trying to split positive and negative, the more, I mean, how many times are you trying to be positive, but the negativity keeps happening? How many times does that happen to you? you try it to always happens. It mind. constantly happens. Well, that's the way we designed. The more you try to be one-sided, the more you're going to attract the equal opposite to keep you in balance. So go try to be extremely negative for a day and you'll see the positivity coming in to keep you in balance. <laughs> I was just about to ask that. If the opposite is, is the opposite true of being completely positive, then you, you attract negative. And then if you're completely negative, do you attract Absolutely. Positive? I mean, you think about it. Pick a day when you came home uh, depressed and down and your wife was there to pick you up. Think of a day when you came home cocky and elated and she knocked you off your pedestal. You can actually go to moments and you'll see the synchronicity happening. It's mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And I don't know how John's figured out all these things. He's basically applied, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe oh, it's years of research and, and I guess a massive passion for, for how he wants to find out, you know, the crux of life, similar to how you and I also try and find the crux of life, you know, and try and maximize human performance and all of that and behavior and understanding all these complex things. Yes. And, and being able to translate it so that people like you and I yes. can apply it in our lives and live inspired. And, and it boils down to simply just trying to be, keep things in balance. Yeah. I, I, I fully agree with that. Like, I was just about to ask, how do we stay in balance? Is that necessary to be in balance or would we need to be going off sometimes, you know, to one side or the other side? Because if the nature is to balance, shouldn't we try and maintain balance as best we can? So here's the thing. You are always in balance. Your consciousness chooses to only see one side. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's (laughs) quite mind-blowing. Uh, some, I'm going to have to go sleep on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, we said a lot, but don't really get practical about how these things work. But that's basically what we do. It's, it's a series of questions. Uh, the Demartini method, uh, right now at this point in time, 
from all I've discovered, the Demartini method seems to be the best way to bring a mind into balance. It's the one thing I found that has the best result. And, and I guarantee results for people if they work the method properly. If you sit and work with me and think and answer the questions as best as you possibly can, the method works. I've worked with unbelievable cases, uh, traumatic experiences, people that have been through all sorts of therapy, uh, you know, holding on to emotion for like 40 years, 20, 30, 40 years. And after uh, in one session, they cleared. And their lives changed. I mean, I had someone drop 30 kilos in three months. I've had people change the next day where people are all of a sudden asking, you know, what's going on? You're looking so different. What did you do? It's, it's just all the stored emotion that releases. And it's been my experience as well. I can think that if one, sorry, if, if one had to engage in such a session, yeah. you know, like a coaching session or do some sort of course that you guys have, then yeah. you would have to approach it with full full-on authenticity. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if, you know, sometimes we hang on to situations because we unconsciously have more benefits. We see more benefits. It's like an addict. An addict, you can keep telling him, well, don't do drugs, don't do drugs, it's going to mess you up and, you know, all the side effects or whatever. He's still going to do it. But if you actually ask him, well, what are the benefits that you actually get to doing drugs? You can take the person off that addiction because you can actually uncover what are the unconscious motives that's causing them to, to do drugs. So you take, take the addiction, uh, take the benefits and then ask them, well, what else can you do to get the same benefit? And you can basically change that. And then lastly, ask them, well, what are the drawbacks to doing drugs? So what I do is I create an alternative pathway in the brain because what, what the brain, the way the brain works is looking for alternatives. But if someone's doing drugs and they see a lot of value in it, they can't see another way to get the same value. So the brain naturally, there's a process called myelination where it pulls that pathway even stronger, which increases the addiction. But if you can create a pathway, an alternative, and say, well, how else can I get the same benefit? Then the brain has two pathways. And then you reinforce that. by keep looking at benefit, benefit, benefit of doing things in the new way. It's like, like, for example, someone uh, could be smoking because they have a high value on social and they get to stand outside on the balcony at work and chat to everyone. Um, that's why they, they smoke. So if you ask them, well, how else can you get that social interaction? Well, maybe go find something you're passionate about and go outside and chat to people about it instead of smoking. Or go find groups of people that have the same interest and, and do that instead. So it, it gives you a viable alternative in the brain which helps you break the addiction. So I enjoy how you try and change people's direction in their view and create these new, so almost like neural pathways. And That's exactly it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the neural pathways. And now the question that comes to mind is, they are, like we are <laughs> creatures of habit. We are creatures of habit. And how, how does that affect when we have these neural pathways and you try and make them look one way, but the habit brings them back. So if you link it to the values and you link it strong enough, you can break that habit almost instantly. I mean, uh, I've taken someone off a Ritalin addiction in one session and he's done after years of Ritalin addiction. Uh, John's taken people, multiple people, heroin addicts, completely off it in a six hour session where there's no side effects and they're completely off the drug. So 
So it's, you know, the thing about 21 days to form a habit. I don't believe in that. It can happen much faster. It's all got to do with the values. There's a part in the brain that you bypass and create links and networks and it changes the brain chemistry and has an effect on your physiology and psychology. It's, it's pretty deep. But the simple process is what are the benefits you get from the addiction? How else, what else can I do to get the same benefit? And then um, take those benefits, the, the new form, and link it to the values. So doing it this way, how would it benefit me and my values? So let, let's take the example of someone standing outside and smoking because they like to socialize. And then now they find another way to go learn something they're inspired in and share that with people. Okay. So then I'll, I'll take that. That's a viable alternative. And then I'll say, well, say their highest value like yours is family, wealth, and personal growth. So how does doing it in the new way benefit you in your family? How does it benefit you with your wealth? How does it benefit you with your personal growth? So what I do is create networks in the brain and I start reinforcing it and pulling that into the executive center, which has, which keeps you inspired and motivated or not motivated, but more inspired and, um, you know, foresight and mission, it becomes your mission. So I create that link. And then lastly, I say, well, what's the drawbacks of smoking? What's the drawbacks to your family? What's the drawbacks to your wealth? What's the drawbacks to your personal growth? And your brain will turn it, uh, will immediately start breaking down those pathways because it realizes it doesn't need it anymore. So your brain does this in milliseconds. It's pretty quick. Yeah, this is quite radical information and also quality <laughs> information. But um, yeah, thank yeah. you so much for that. I, I think yeah, we're we running out of time. Hours, would, but yeah. <laughs> yes, like, like before, we can just, I can really sit and chat about this for like hours and hours. So let's, let's end off with two last questions. Yeah. So one, just simply, if anyone wants to learn more about this, how do they get hold of you? Um, so I have a website. Um, it's still in progress at the moment. It's just nationpalais.com. Um, it's just a contact page up at the moment. So you can contact me through that. Uh, I'm still busy with the marketing. I've just been spending a lot of years just focusing on building up uh, my ability and my belief in what we do and doing a lot of research. But now is a time where I'm actually uh, starting to put my foot down and start taking this thing big. So still in the process of setting up the business and you know setting up my own little uh, team of people that are helping me set up these workshops. But yeah, you can just go onto my contact page and just pop me a message. Also on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, I'm not as uh, socially savvy as you guys just yet. <laughs> I actually got someone who's going to do that for me. I'm not inspired to do it, so I'm just paying someone to do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine that's the route that you'll take. <laughs> that's, that's the route that many business guys take. It. Obviously, they work with their strengths, so they go yes. in one direction and get people who are stronger with that to handle yes. that part of the business. So Absolutely. that's 100% understandable, yeah. So I'll, just, I'll link that in the show notes below for anyone that wants to go check out your website. Um, I guess as soon as this goes up, the website might be up or in the meanwhile, you can just contact Notion via his contact form. And then the last question for today mm -hmm. is just as part of my mission also to in inspire people to act and inspire people to change their perspective on life because I think if it starts here, you can make a massive shift in your life as I've seen in mine and as I'm still trying to convince myself, getting people like you on to convince me and help me, you know, strengthen my belief, strengthen my, my neural pathways in yes. that direction. Yes. So to end off, how could people, 
how would you challenge people to change their beliefs or their perspectives on life so they can empower themselves? Like what is one thing they can do or one shift they can make to change their life? Maybe not today, but going forward. It's all back to the values. If, if you do the test, understand what inspires you because your values are your mission. Um, it's just that follow that blindly. It, it opens up everything. When, whenever you don't follow your values, you'll trigger an emotion. That, that's how we designed. So if your values are family, wealth, and personal growth, as long as you're doing that, you don't trigger emotions. You don't see positive or negative. It's like take someone, a cyclist who gets knocked, who loves cycling and gets knocked off the bike. And he still gets on and goes. Now, if I had to jump on a bike, because you convinced me and create all this positive connotation around it, and I jump on that bike because I'm excited and I get knocked off, that bike's in the bin, dude. I'm not jumping on a bike again. I'm done. I tried it. doesn't work because it's not my highest value. But when it comes to coaching and speaking, I mean, I just had a client today and I said, no, I'll drive out 30Ks to you um, uh, to work with her kid because that's what inspires me. Okay, like today we're chatting now and then I've got a three-hour training session after. Uh, I don't see positive or negative. I just see being my mission and my vision. I'm excited and I'm inspired to do it. I'm full of energy as well. <laughs> it's all Nation, thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much me. for that. I really appreciate all this content, all this uh, information, and I can't wait to just use it to put it into practical use. So yeah, I'd, I would just like to honor you for for your passion to just move people forward, helping people through pain and adversity and just empowering people to live a life full of possibility. So yeah, I trust and believe that you will go ahead and impact those billions that you're striving for. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to get my message out there. I'm really grateful for that. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Nation. So cheers. Have a good one. You too. Ciao. That's it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you got some value from that. And I hope it's challenging your perspectives because it definitely is challenging mine. It is quite mind-blowing getting this sort of information and having to see if we can apply it in our own lives and if so, how it will impact it, you know? So yeah, once again, take the info, see how you can use it. Maybe you can give it to someone else and they can benefit from it. I just hope that you got value from this. If you did, please share it with someone else. And also, if you love what I'm doing, if you love the show, if you love where it's going so far, please just give us a review on iTunes. That would be so helpful. And other than that, I hope you have a fantastic day. In the next episode of Exploring Possibility, I'm going to be interviewing someone in the, someone in the sports or fitness industry. Uh, so yeah, please be on the lookout for that. That's going to be so much fun as we'll deep dive into the mindset of, of sports. So yeah, make sure you don't miss out on that one. And don't forget guys, keep on exploring and finding the possibility. Cheers.